0: good morning morning. welcome to Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church Uh, this is a place where we come together to encounter God together where we seek to equip one another for the work of ministry and where we desire to evangelize those who are lost and wandering around a broke and dark world my name is James Coleman I'm the youth minister here um, and if you are a first-time visitor with us, I would like to, uh, one, welcome you, but also encourage you to check out our Welcome Center out in the foyer following our service. We have a gift for you, and along with that gift is some information about our church, how you can be involved, and how we can be involved with you and be a part together of what God is doing here. I would also like to welcome those of you who are joining us online. Be sure to say hi in the chat and let us know that you are here um, As we are getting started in our worship this morning, I would like to share with you a prayer. Um, I get these emails every morning um, from a ministry from Charles Spurgeon. And this is a prayer for the church uh, by Spurgeon that I would like to share with you this morning. Permit us, Lord, to behold again the light of your countenance. May our glad spirits approach again to the throne of grace, receiving grace from the throne, enabling us so to do. Oh, that you would have a word with our heart. May the truth be mighty. May it pierce into the conscience. May it reach the inner man. May those who are born again and those who are afar off receive some good thing, for vain is the help of humanity. The preacher depends on nothing of his own, but behold, here he is at your feet. Speak through your servant to the congregation this weekend, and let not a word fall to the ground. Neither may they be a deaf ear nor a hard heart. God Almighty, glorify your Son Jesus by your Holy Spirit. We ask for this for his sake. Amen. So as you stand and welcome one another in the name of Jesus, prepare your hearts as we get dive into worship. Thank you. Thank you.
1: You're
2: As soon as you drove onto the parking lot, or certainly as soon as you walk through these doors, I'm so grateful for the love of God and for his mercy and his grace. We need his love each and every day, don't we? And I pray today that if you're here and you don't know him personally, that a song that's sung, a prayer that's prayed, the word that's proclaimed, the message that's given, the invitation that's offered that you might respond to the love and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm so grateful that we are a a praying church. That was one of the qualities of the New Testament church. They devoted themselves to prayer. I'm so grateful that we have a time in this service, if you feel led by the Holy Spirit, to come pray at this altar. Or maybe you're watching online and wherever you are today can be your time of prayer in your altar. But I invite you to come join me as we thank God for His faithfulness and for His mercy and His grace. We cry out to Him in our pain and in our depression and our addiction and our loneliness and our guilt and our sin. However, the Holy Spirit leads you. I'd like to invite you to come join me at this altar as we lift up our prayers together. Would you come pray with me today? May we pray. Father, we thank you for your presence in this place. We can feel your mighty power and your grace. Father, we just pray that if there would be anything in us that would hinder your spirit from moving this morning, would you remove it as far as the east is from the west. Remember our transgressions no more. Father, we just are humbly grateful for your faithfulness grateful for your love grateful for your mercy grateful for your grace grateful that while you were on the cross lord we were on your mind and father we just lift up those who have gathered at this altar people praying from their seats others praying at home or wherever they may be worshiping today lord i pray that they might feel your presence Lord, we just wanna lift up so many needs today. There are people grieving and hurting. We continue to lift up Jeannie Mitchell and the loss of her husband, Gary. We continue to lift up Cindy Bragg and the loss of her dad, James Everett. We lift up Charles Logan and the loss of his son-in-law, Jerry. We lift up so many who are hurting today Father, we have so many on our prayer list that are battling serious illness, some in need of a divine miracle of healing, and we know you are able, if it be your will, perform a miracle of healing, that you would be glorified and the people would be saved as a result of your power. Father, we pray for people going through treatments, we know you can use modern medicine and doctors, and medical professionals to do what we cannot do, but God, you bless them with these gifts. We pray for healing through these treatments. Father, we pray for people recovering from surgeries, people facing surgeries this week. Anoint them, bring them safely through. We pray again, Father, for victory. Lord, I pray for some people watching or in this room who've never given their hearts and lives to Jesus. May today be the day of salvation for someone, for many. Father, may Christians be renewed and may people who are looking for a church home find your warmth, love and spirit in this place. Father, we continue to pray for revival in our land, for spiritual awakening and may it begin in each of our hearts. Father, we pray for our leaders. We pray for our military. We pray for those battling forest fires right now, God, and pray that people would be protected. Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit now would continue to move through the music and through the message. Father, through your servant, we'll just give you all the praise and the glory and the honor again for the victories we trust you to bring, for it is in the strong and holy and powerful name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. I want to share with you at the early service this morning, I share, we've been going through a sermon series for the last 10 weeks on the Holy Spirit, and we called it Greater Strength. I was working on that sermon yesterday, and God took me in a different direction. We're going to take a break from the series called Greater Strength for the next uh, few weeks, and then we'll begin after Easter. We'll finish that series. But the Lord was leading me to this passage I know will be familiar to many of you, and maybe God changed it for me. Maybe he changed it for one of you or for someone watching. But I, I pray that the Holy Spirit would use it to glorify Him and to draw us closer to Jesus. And grateful, choir, for you all being here today and be in prayer for them as they lead us in worship after the reading of God's Word. Beginning with verse 32 of Luke chapter 23. Luke 23, beginning with verse 32. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lights. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others? Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. And one of the criminals who had hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me. When you come into your kingdom, Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is the word of the Lord. let be the name of the Lord. Amen. Thank you for that beautiful message and song. What a Savior we have in Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful you're here. I always like to start with a little humor to get you ready to hear more important things. And, and maybe you've heard this joke in days gone by, but there was a rural uh, community that had uh, these three churches that were out in the country, and they all had a similar problem. Uh, their addicts had squirrels. Uh, in each of the churches. And so the Presbyterians did not want to harm God's creatures, so they didn't do anything with the pesty, furry animals. They, They just left them. The Methodists also did not want to harm God's creatures, so they mainly trapped the squirrels. They took them to a nearby wooded area where they released them, the squirrels were back at church three days later. But the Baptists, they baptized the squirrels, made them members of the church, and now they just see them on Christmas and Easter. So. That's an oldie but goodie there. <clears throat> Several years ago, Tim LaHaye, who was the co-author of the Left Behind series, wrote a book called The Power of the Cross, and in that book for preparation, he interviewed 200 people of all different from all different walks of life who were wearing a cross, and he asked them two questions. Why do you wear the cross, and what does the cross mean to you? As you can imagine, the responses were varied, and One of the responses was, I don't know what it means. Another response was, it's just a piece of jewelry. Another response was, my grandmother gave it to me for Christmas and I'm going to visit her, so I thought I should wear it when I go to see her. Then a young school teacher said, The cross means everything to me. And our scripture passage today, We see Jesus after going through six bogus trials, three that were religious by the Jews, three that were civil by the Romans. And Jesus Christ, the perfect Lamb of God, the only perfect person ever to live, was condemned to die as a criminal. Jesus suffered execution through crucifixion. Crucifixion was the most horrible means of death ever devised for anyone. For people would die not through blood loss from pure exhaustion of hanging on a cross. And it was there that Jesus Christ was even humiliated more by those who had put him there because he was put between two criminals, two guilty thieves. On the cross. You know, when I was growing up as a child, my parents tried to protect me and keep me from harm. They told me stay away as a child from, from busy highways. They told me not to go near to barking dogs. Uh, they told me to stay away from boiling hot pots. They told me not to put my finger in electrical sockets. They told me to stay away from evil things and to stay away from evil people. But they taught me at an early age that I was to stay near to the cross of Christ. And today, maybe you're here and you don't feel like you're close to the cross. It's possible that you're here and something is going on in your life that's caused you to feel very distant right now to Jesus Christ. And I pray that That through this familiar story to to many of you, that you will be drawn closer to the cross. If I'm asking you this morning, what does the cross mean to you? What would you say? When we look at this story, I think the first thing we see when we look at this message in Scripture is we see a liberating forgiveness. We see a liberating forgiveness. We see Jesus as he's hanging on the cross, saying those words that we've heard so many times. And if we lean in close to the cross today, these words are still relevant. These words are still powerful. These words are still life-transforming. These words are filled with love. They're filled with compassion. They're filled with comfort and direction. And I pray as we lean in, we hear Jesus say, Father! Forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Have you ever wondered who he was talking to when he said that? Who were the people that he said, Father, forgive them? Was it the Jewish religious leaders who had condemned him? Was it the Roman government that had condemned him? Was it the Roman soldiers who were casting lights? for his robe? Was it the bystanders and the crowds who were gathered around the cross? Was it the disciples who had betrayed him and denied him and abandoned him when he needed them the most? Was it you? Was it me? Was it us and future generations that would do the same thing to him? Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Oh, today we need that liberating forgiveness. I think about out of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, when Paul said, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. When it says in him we have redemption, that means we've been paid for. This morning at the early service, we uh, heard an instrumental on the piano. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. I'm so thankful today that we have been redeemed. Our sin and guilt has been paid for. We've been bought at a price. And Jesus died for you, and he died for me. And some of you are here, and you've never accepted that truth into your life. And some of you are here today, and you've never asked Him for forgiveness. If we want to have that liberating forgiveness, then we must accept Jesus. Jesus said in John eight thirty six, "So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed." Isn't that great news? If the Son sets us free, we are free indeed. And if you haven't asked for forgiveness, then I invite you to, to look at 1 John one nine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us or purify us from all unrighteousness. Do you need to ask for that forgiveness today? Maybe you're here and you've been carrying around guilt of some sin, some impure thought, some impure motive. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's guilt. Maybe it's something that's been weighing you down like an albatross around your neck and you can be sick day, and all you have to do is give it over to him. But I wanna share, I've shared with you many times before, one of the most difficult things for Christians to do, certainly for non-Christians, it's even tough for us as Christians, is to forgive others. That's one of the hardest things I believe, in my own opinion, for Christians to do when we've been hurt badly, when we've been mistreated, when we've been treated unfairly, when we've been wronged, when we've been used, when, when we've been talked about, when we've been lied about, whenever whatever's been said and done against us, it's one of the hardest things for us to be able to forgive. But you know what Jesus said in that great Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5 through 7. In chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, when he said, For if you forgive people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive your sin. But if you do not forgive people their sins, your Father will not forgive you. That's pretty okay, isn't it? It's, that's black and white. That's crystal clear. If we want God's forgiveness, we've got to be willing to forgive others. And I know some here today say, I don't think I can do that. You, don't know, what they, they you don't know how mean they've been. You don't know how they've uh, mistreated and, and, and the things they've said that you just wouldn't believe. It. I'm sure I wouldn't, but God does. He knows exactly what you feel. And we are to forgive people. As a matter of fact, Paul said in Ephesians, we to be kind and compassionate one another. Forgiving one another just as in Christ God forgave you. Isn't that great news? Just as in Christ, when he died on the cross, God Forgave you and God forgave me. Recently, someone told me that they had been hurt by some people. And they have been carrying that And so they went to a minister, poured out heart, and just shared their hurt and their pain. The minister asked them, they you forgiven them. And the person responded, yes, I have, but I'm still hurting deeply. And the minister gave such great wisdom and said, there's a difference between forgiveness and healing we must do our part in forgiving and then allow god to put you on that path of healing in the midst some of you are here today and you say i've forgiven but you're still on the path you're not there yet but you're heading the right direction and pray that when we accept this liberating forgiveness you'll see what a difference will be made in your life and the burden again that'll be lifted we need this liberating forgiveness But also, what does the cross mean to you? Um, We looked at the next part when one of the criminals were making sneer remarks. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. And then the other criminal said, don't you fear God? We are punished justly. We are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing. And so he said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. That's a loving honesty. When this man was was basically on his deathbed at the cross, he was making a profession of faith. He was giving his heart and life to Jesus. He was acknowledging his wrong. He was acknowledging his sin. And at that moment, when things came into proper perspective, when he had seen how people treated Jesus and how Jesus didn't react, but he responded in 1 Peter 2.23, it says, When they hurled insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He was making an honest commitment to the Lord, a loving honesty. And I think about what it says in Proverbs 12, 17, that, that there, well, there is a, a truthful testimony, then there is a, an honest response And we are not to be filled with a false testimony, which is filled with lies, but we are to have a truthful testimony, which which brings an honest witness. And I pray today that as we allow the Lord to examine our hearts, he sees our love of him. And we look at David in Psalm 51, after he committed adultery with Bathsheba, You remember in verse 10, he said, Create in me, O God, a clean heart, a pure heart, and renew a right spirit within me. And then verse 17 of chapter 51, he said, My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You know what that is? That's humility. That's remorse. That's a penitent heart. That's a sorrowful heart. We read in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 and 6, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. There's got to be humility. This man had a loving humility and honesty, when he acknowledged his wrong before God, what about you? His pride getting away. The devil saying, You haven't done anything. People have done worse things than you. You don't need forgiveness. Just be a good person. That's all you got to try to be, just a good person. Being good isn't good enough. We need God's grace, we need his forgiveness in our lives. I read last week, and I'll read out of several devotional books. Uh, throughout the week, and one of them was Wisdom for Each Day by Evangelist Billy Graham. And Billy Graham shared, the late, great evangelist Billy Graham shared that years ago he was doing a crusade in Dallas, Texas, and he said that uh, he preached, and at the end, when the invitation, the altar call was given, that hardly anybody came forth. He was so disappointed, he was so dejected, he was so saddened. And then a good buddy of his, who was a successful businessman, man, a devout Christian, a devout follower of God, came up to him and said, Billy, you know what happened tonight? And Billy Graham said, no, I don't. He said, you didn't preach the cross. So Billy Graham took that to heart. The next night he came and preached the cross of Jesus Christ. His redemptive power and salvation and forgiveness and mercy and grace and the power that's built within the cross. Multitudes of people came to that altar and were saved because there's power in the message of the cross. And I pray today that, that the Lord would draw you near. And the closer we get to the cross, the more aware we are of our sin. That's the Holy Spirit's conviction sometimes people don't want to get near to the cross because that means I've got to make some changes. So I'd rather keep God at an arm's distance. I'd rather stay back here. That's why I don't go to church. That's why I don't read the Bible, some say. That's why I don't pray. Because every time I do, a tear comes to my eye, my heart starts pounding, my hands get clammy. That's the Holy Spirit working. And today, may you're here. And- and you need to experience the love that God wants to show you and be honest with him, and he'll be honest with you always. This criminal had watched Jesus. He had seen his reaction. Possibly he had heard him preach before. And He said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And then Jesus said, in verse 44, he said, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. That's a lasting life. That's a lasting life. In 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 and 12, John writes, this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And that life is his son. And whoever has the son has life. And whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. So we know when Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth, and life no one comes to the Father except through me. We, we know the only way to have lasting life is through Jesus Christ. That's a personal relationship with Christ that we must have. He said, i tell you the truth, not down the road, not next week, next year, maybe one day. He said, i tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. Paradise is a Persian word that means walled garden. And it was quite an honor when a Persian king would invite one of his subjects to walk with him through the garden. What an honor it was. This was Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, inviting one of his followers, now a subject, to one day walk through the garden courts of heaven together. What a beautiful gift that he gives us an opportunity to walk through the garden of heaven with our Lord and our Savior. I don't know about you, I want to be there one day. And some of you are here and you're thinking... I've missed that opportunity. I've gotten old. I've been going to church. I'm embarrassed now to go up because everybody thinks I'm probably already saved. I mean, I've been going through the motions for years, but I really have never given my life to Christ. It's not too late as long as you have life and breath. It's not too late for you. The devil is saying, you're not good enough. Look, we'll never be good enough. You can never be too good or too bad to receive the love of Jesus Christ. He loves you and me just as we are, no matter how many times we've messed up. How many chances has God given you? I know how many He's given me, too many to count. He's given us all that many chances. And today, He wants you, while you have life and breath, to give your heart, your life, your sin, your guilt, your addiction, your depression, your anxiety, your eating disorders, your panic attacks, whatever it is that the devil's using, today God can take it from you. And all you have to do is say, here it is, here it is, God, I give it to you before it's too late. I want to close by sharing this story with you. Last week, I got a message from Somebody I went to high school with asked me to call. When I called my friend, he told me that his wife has only been given a few days to live. And he was asking if I would come visit her. I said I would be humbled and honored to go see her. I went over to the house. When I arrived, my friend was there. Their children were there. A daughter-in-law was there, a a dear friend of the family was there, and this lady's in hospice care. And after small talking at the very beginning, as I've told you on many occasions, I got right to the purpose of my visit, I said, what I want to know is if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, are you at peace with God? If you were Wednesday, you heard me share this story. She said, Jesus and I are BFs. I said, I am so thankful that you and the Lord are in good standing. And no matter how much time you have left, that you're going to be with him one day. As I began to pray, I prayed the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in one. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And after I prayed that prayer with her, she did something that touched my heart. She said, Todd, I want you to pray that it would mean that your life would be changed forever because of the love God has shown you and the love he's shown me. May we pray together. Lord, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any men or women or young people here or people watching, and they've never given their heart and life to Jesus, may today be the day of salvation for someone, for many. Father, death is no respecter of age or race or social status or father uh, or particular geographical area. None of us are promised tomorrow. That's why we are to be sure today of our eternal destination. Lord, would there be someone here today or watching that could pray in their own words for the first time a prayer much like this to say, dear God, I confess that I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my heart. Thank you, God, for saving me. I love you, Jesus. Lord, if there would be someone or many to pray that prayer, may they not be ashamed to step forward and acknowledge you before people. You weren't afraid to die publicly on the cross. May we not be ashamed to live publicly before people for Jesus. Lord, I pray today if there are Christians that have been complacent and have lost their fire, their fervor, would you renew in them, God, a a clean heart and a pure spirit, and, and they would, Father, not think about self, but they would deny self, take up their cross, and be willing to follow you. Would some Christians rekindle the flame this morning to get on fire for Jesus? Or Lord, maybe there are folks that have wanted to be a part of a church that's trying to make a difference in our community and in our state, in our country, in our world. A church that I believe is, is a field hospital, a support group, an encouraging body of believers We laugh together, we cry together, we support one another, we hold each other accountable. We all need a church family to serve and to worship together. Oh God, maybe some folks today want to be a part of this loving church family. So Father, I'm praying in just a moment when we stand to sing our invitation that we would follow your Spirit's lead and wherever you lead us, That we would be willing to follow help us oh god to be bold for you courageous for jesus for it is in your holy and precious name i pray amen i'm going to invite you to stand if you're in this place and we're going to sing a hymn of invitation it would privilege talk with you or pray with you about your decision won't you come as we sing together this hymn of commitment I'm so thankful, so grateful for these decisions that have been made today. First, I'm going to invite Matt and Ashley Freer, if y'all would come up and stand beside me. I'm so thankful that for the last several weeks, months, the Freers have been visiting, actually off and on the last few years, and I'm so grateful today they come, wanting to make this their church home. Had the opportunity to meet with them this week as a fine young couple. That want to be in Baltimore, Matt uh, coming on a statement of faith, and, and Ashley coming uh, again from a, another church, then expressing her desire to be baptized once again as she was baptized when she was young. And we welcome you all. I know God has led you here, and we're excited. And I know that you want to pledge your love and prayers to Matt and Ashley by letting it be known by saying, Amen, Amen, and glory. We welcome you. You ought to be seated. So grateful today, also, that one of our members, Julie Jackson, came today to recommit her life to Jesus Christ. And she shared what I pray for all of us that she wants to stay near to the cross of Jesus. And she, too, would like to rededicate her life and follow through believers' baptism. And Julie, we praise God. I know you want to pledge your love and support to Julie and her rededication of her faith in Christ and renewing her commitment through baptism. by letting it be known by saying amen. 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 And, and I want to share with you all, if there are others of you who would like to speak with me, one of our staff, about a decision, it would be our honor, our privilege, And I know some of you all, to think about coming up here in front of a lot of people is the scariest thing on this earth. And believe me, I know I do it every week. (laughs) And we want to make it as easy as possible. I shared uh, just this past week with some folks that if you've never given your life to Jesus publicly, we want you to be able to do that at the end of a service by walking the aisle or when you get baptized. One of the two is a public profession of your faith. And we use that scripture when Jesus said, If you are ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of you when you come before my Father. But if you are not ashamed of me before people, I will not be ashamed of you. So, one of those two, I think my heart and understanding needs to be public. Jesus died for us publicly. Now, if you're already a Christian, and you're a member of another church, and you would just like to unite... We're not going to petrify you or scare you to where you feel like you got to walk up here in front of people. But what I have told people, that if you want to fill out a card, you can hand it to us, and maybe just join me out in the foyer so people can welcome you into this family of faith. It's not to embarrass you or make you feel odd or weird. It's just so people can say, oh, I didn't know who they were. I thought they were already members. Well, they can welcome you and to this family of faith. So we want to make it as painless as possible. So you think about that, and you pray on that. And then I want to share with you a couple words of excitement. Um, Tonight, you don't want to miss that we're having a packing party for the Easter Blitz. And you're saying, what in the world is an Easter Blitz? Well, we're going out tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, we're meeting in that front foyer, And we're going to distribute 750 uh, little bags full of information and a gift from the church and some little treats for people in surrounding neighborhoods. You don't have to ring the doorbell or, or say anything unless somebody's out. But we just simply put it on their door and we engage if somebody's out. We're inviting them to church for Easter or Holy Week so that they can experience the love and grace of Jesus. If some folks want to meet, my wife and I here at 4.30 down in the fellowship hall tonight, we're going to start assembling the assembly line to pack these gifts, bags. And then everybody else can come at 6, but if you want to show up a little bit early to help us get it all set up, we would welcome you. Our children, our youth, I think our youth will be joining us tonight. The children may be having their practice, but there's something for everyone. We're taking a Delay tonight on our uh, copying connections and the experiencing God and the other groups. We'll all be downstairs. You're invited. Can't make it tonight? Join us at six tomorrow night as we're going to cover 750 homes in the surrounding area. And then two other quick things. As you're leaving, you'll find out on the round table some of these cards. And on the back, it says Eastern. On the back, it has the Holy Week services. Take a handful with you to work or or to the gym or wherever you go and invite people to come worship with you during the the uh, Easter season. And then next Sunday's a special treat. Our choir uh, and the, one of our worship teams will be leading us in an Easter program. Um, I know they've had just a short period of time, but we're grateful that Julie and our instrumentalists will be leading us in an Easter program at both services next week. Hope you'll plan on being here. But that will also be our walk to the cross. There are pamphlets and prayer brochures. It's when we give to the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. This is the support missionaries in North America. And so if you feel led to give to these mission endeavors, again, there are envelopes, some prayer guides out in the foyer, Make sure you pick one up as you leave, and we'll have, just like we do a walk to the manger for Lottie Moon, we do a walk to the cross for Annie Armstrong. We hope you'll pray about that for next week. So thank you all so much for being here today and allowing the Holy Spirit to be here. I'm going to invite Matt and Ashley. Would you all stand with me out in the foyer so people can just welcome you? and. And Julie, I don't know if you would like to, but I'd love for you to be able to. You and Steve could stand out there. But thank you, church. Don't forget how much we love you and God loves you, too. Let's stand together. We're going to sing one more stanza of this great hymn of faith. God bless you. Before we pray, I was reminded that there is a uh, cotillion uh, dance going on over at the Crawl Center tonight. So I'm going to ask all of our folks, because there's going to be hundreds of people in the back area, if y'all would park on this side to our right, and then the parking lots in the front and on the left, that would be great, and come through the front doors. Otherwise, you're going to say, wow, there's a lot of people here packing for this Easter blitz, but that's going to be going on. So if you would, depart closer to the front, and then we'll walk downstairs or take the elevator. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for an awesome day. Thank you for these new family members and and renewed commitments to Christ. And Lord, I pray that seeds were planted and that we would all, Lord, strive to to live close to the cross and that we would go from here asking others, what does the cross mean to you? In Jesus' name, amen.